Well, um, I taught uh, a, a week or so ago upon the appointed or the times of the Gentiles, and I thought I would um, talk a little bit on, on time, on, this, on the topic of time. And I don't mean our time. Our time we're pretty, pretty no good at. But God's time is perfect. Amen. God's timing is perfect. It's not like our time at all. Amen. His timing is perfect. And a lot of times we don't understand how he works, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. God's timing and how he manifests. Amen. So maybe there's been something you've been praying for a while. Anyone can identify with that? So I have a question for you tonight. How, how long have you been waiting for an answer to your prayer? Amen. How long have you been? Have you been waiting as long as, say, Abraham? Abraham was waiting 25 years for the son of promise, right? Amen. Okay, maybe you've been waiting a little less. How about, how about Joseph? He was uh, but a teenager when he was put into the pit, and by all accounts, he was probably around 30 or that amount of age before he went from the pit to being prime minister. So have you been waiting that long? Anyone been waiting 16 years for their prayer to be answered? Or we could look at Rachel, who was barren, amen, and waited 20 years for a son. So what I'm showing you is that you're not alone in waiting. There are many biblical characters, in fact, nearly all of them, at some point were waiting for an answer from the Lord. They were waiting for God to come through and give an answer. We have David, who from the time he was anointed, probably waited 15 to 17 years before he became king. Imagine being anointed. The, the, the prophet comes and he pours out the oil over your head and says, you're going to be king. And you think, okay, that's great. How long do you have to wait? And he waits one year, two years. He slays Goliath even. He's now in the king's, king's uh, company. And yet he ended up waiting between 15 to 17 more years before the prophecy was fulfilled on him. So how about Hannah? The Bible doesn't say how many years she waited for a child, but it was quite, quite a while. It was several years. What I'm showing you is that there is something in the Bible about God's timing. There is something in the Bible about God's timing. And we need to appreciate God's timing. Our timing is pretty bad. Amen. Our timing is pretty bad. But God's timing is perfect. It may not be when we want it, but as the song says, what? He's right on time. Amen. So Hannah was many years. And then Ruth, she was widowed, uh, thinking everything was going to be okay, and then her husband died, and then she had to move to a strange country. And so on. We, we have Job. The Bible doesn't say how long he was waiting, but it was, still, it was probably years before he, he got back to where he was when all of his disasters came upon him. So, what I'm trying to show tonight is that God has a perfect timing. And I don't think many Christians 
me included, appreciate that. We want things now, right? We want things now. And there were so many more. So tonight I want to speak about the appointed time. I taught about the times of the Gentiles, but I want to talk about the appointed time, God's appointment. In Scripture, that's, that's, that word is translated feast, but it's God's appointments. God does everything at a set time. Did you know that? He has a perfect time when his will is to be followed. And we forget that, or, or we, we ignore that. We just want things done now, right? Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, But when the fullness, let's say that together, fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. There was a perfect timing for when Jesus should be born. He wasn't going to be born at just any time. You know, Israel was given the promise way, way back. In fact, from the very garden of of, um, Eden, God said, that the woman would, would crush, the seed of the woman would crush his head. Thousands of years, yet God had a perfect timing for his birth. What I'm trying to tell you is, we have to understand that God has a timing for answering some of our prayers, for directing our lives. And when we go outside of that, we usually don't end up in a, in a good place or very happy. See, our prayer is, Lord, give me patience, and I want it now. You probably don't get that. Lord, give me patience, and I want it now. But sometimes when we run ahead of God's plan, we end up in a bad place. In the Old Testament, probably one of the characters that really epitomizes running ahead of God and not waiting was King Saul. In 1 Samuel 13, 8, he had been told by the prophet to wait, that he was going to come and he was going to offer a sacrifice. But Saul started to look at all the people and they were getting antsy and he started to get panicky because the people started to to want to, to leave. Samuel had appointed, but Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. Sometimes, situation gets from bad to worse, and you know what? We get in a panic. We've been praying and kind of waiting, but then it gets from bad to worse, and now we feel we got to do something. This is what happened to Saul. He did not wait in obedience on God's timing. So Saul then said in verse 2, Bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered burnt offering, which was not for him to offer. He was not a priest. He was not of the order of Levites. And the prophet had told him to wait. Sometimes it's very hard to wait. But that's the key. And what I want to show you tonight is how many times in Scripture God tells us just to wait. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made the end of the offering and the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw the people were scattered from me, and thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore I said, 
The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore. I forced myself. I didn't want to do it, but because you didn't show up, God, I had to take action. I really wasn't going to do it, Lord, but you forced me. See, our timing is not God's timing. And if you look back on your life, you will find that most of the time it's because you did something in haste. I have done so many things in haste. Saul says, I forced myself. I didn't really want to do this, but you, you Samuel, didn't come. So I had to do it. I had no choice. That was his excuse. You understand that there is a wrong time sometimes to do things. Amen. And we see this. The second example I want to show you is, of course, with Abraham and Sarah. God had promised him a son. Now, to be fair, it wasn't Abraham's idea, but he could have said no when Sarah came to him and said, look, I'll give you my handmaid to be a surrogate mother. He could have said no. He, he had that opportunity. He said, no, I don't think God, that's what God wants. He said, okay, we'll go along with this plan. But it was the wrong time. Genesis 11, verse 30. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. That's in Genesis 16 now. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into, unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Who did he listen to? The voice of Sarah. Not to the voice of God. And it wasn't the right timing. That wasn't the child of promise. That wasn't who he should have had a, 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 a child by. Many times we, we go before the Lord. And we make choices. And we do things that are not in God's timing. Sister Mary. Sorry, I could not hear. She, in the New Testament, Hagar's son is called the child of bondage because she was not free. She was a handmaid. She was um, a servant, a slave to, to Sarah. So in the New Testament, he's called a child of bondage. But because he was still Abraham's heir and because God had made a promise, Ishmael actually means God listens. And God fulfilled the promise even through Ishmael that he would be a great nation. So Ishmael had 12 sons. And in his death, the Bible speaks about Ishmael having a righteous death. It says he was gathered to his people. In the Old Testament, the designation for a righteous death, it says he was gathered to his people. The designation for an unrighteous death is being cut off from his people. But the illustration here is that because God had promised him and it hadn't happened yet, He'd waited uh, by this time probably um, 10 years and it hadn't happened and they were getting old and it looked like God wasn't doing anything. That's why it's hard to wait on God because God wants the miracle to be bigger because he's the God of the much more. As I taught on Sunday, right? If they'd been, if they'd been in their 20s, there would be no miracle. Oh, Sarah's pregnant? Okay. But Sarah being 99 and pregnant, <laughs> that has to be talked about. 
Did you hear that them two old people are having children? How old is he? He's a hundred? You see, God deals in the much more. He's the God of the miraculous. And sometimes the weight is so that his glory can be manifested. Sometimes the struggle and the pain is so that his glory can be manifested. God had a set time for Abraham to have a son because God had perfect timing down through the ages up to when Jesus should be born. And I'm going to show you that from scripture. In Genesis 17.1, it says, And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That was God's declaration. And this verse comes after he had finally obeyed God and separated himself from Lot and was finally by himself. God was able to declare, listen, you walk before me, I declare you perfect. And he goes on to give him all these wonderful promises. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Well, wait a minute, God, I don't even have a son of my own, um, of, of Sarah and us. But Abraham still believed, listen to this, Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. God started calling him that before he even had Isaac. He called him a father of it. In fact, that's when he changed his name. That's what Abraham means, father of many nations. But before he had a son. See, God had a set time and plan for when Abraham should have a son. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, which is um, exalted father, but Abraham, which means father of many nations. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Past tense. Remember, God calls those things that are not. In his timing, it's a done thing. We still can't see it because it hasn't happened to us yet. But in God's timing, in God's set time, it's a done thing. It's a done deal. He said, for I have made thee a father of many nations. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee. And yet they still had no children at this point. A little bit later, in Genesis 18, Abraham is sitting in his tent, and he sees three men coming. Genesis 18, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, or lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. And this, you know the story, they talk and they have a meal, and then God starts to speak with him. And then he tells him when. He now tells him the date and the time. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear. He calls his name before he's born. Which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time. Do you see what I'm saying? God has a set time for, for the miraculous. God has a set time to do things in. He, he, he's not in our time. He doesn't just, okay, now I'm ready, God. No, it's God's timing that's important. And throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, everything God does is according to a set time. If we will understand that, we will be in peace. 
God's got this. The set time hasn't happened yet. Amen? Again, in Genesis 18.14, it says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. God had a perfect timing when he wanted Isaac to be born because that was going to be a trigger point in history for the whole generations all the way down to Jesus. And Jesus' birth was also in this timeline. The question I have for you tonight is if you are led by the Spirit. We all say, yes, I'm led by the Spirit. Well, if you are truly led by the Spirit, then you will be in God's timing, not our timing. Our timing is always wrong. As I said, God give me patience and I want it now. That's our human uh, attitude. We are very impatient. At least I am. I, if I see something and I want it, I try and get it right then. Which is not a good way. That's not a good way. Because sometimes you end up with the wrong thing, right? Here is what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 8, 7 says, Yea, the stork in heaven knoweth her appointed times. And the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. Even the animals have appointed times. That they fly south at certain times. The, the geese, they know certain times. The butterflies, the monarch butterflies, they fly all the way to Mexico at a certain time. There are turtles that come up on the beach and they all give birth at the same time. There is um, uh, corals under the sea and they all spread. Uh, spew forth their eggs synchronized at the same time. God is saying, I've designed the whole universe according to set times and patterns. But my people, the swallow observe the time of their coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. In other words, they don't know the timing of God. See, if we're led by the Spirit, one of the things that we miss as Christians is chill, relax. Do you believe God? Let's not be like Abraham and start forcing things, right? We will see throughout the whole scripture, everyone who God called, there was a time when they had to wait. There was a time when they... Elisha, we talked about on Sunday morning. God called him to follow Elijah, but did he become the the top dog right away? No. There was a time where he had to follow him. He had to prove himself. He had to be tested, The disciples had to go through three and a half years of testing. They had to follow. And they kept on asking him, Will thou at this time take over the country? You're going to get rid of the Romans? Jesus said, No, it's not for you to know the time or the seasons that the Father hath reserved into his own judgment. See, God has a set time. And we just need to relax and understand that. That if we wait upon the Lord, it will come to pass. Amen. So God has an appointed time. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. God's word will never fail. And not lie, though it tarry, though it seems to wait, even though it, it doesn't seem to happen right away, wait for it, because it will surely come. If God has given you a promise, just wait for it. Don't try and you fulfill it. Just wait for it. It will not tarry. That means it is going to come. Psalms 102 verse 13 says, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time of time to favor her. Yea, the set time. God has a set time in doing everything in his plan. 
And you, if you try to move ahead of it, all you'll be doing is floundering. But if you wait upon the set time, you will be in God's will. Amen. Leviticus 23 verse 1. God in the Old Testament set up all these set times and appointments for the children of Israel to carry out at set times of the year. They were to do it on those particular days and no other days. Leviticus 23 verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the appointed times, or feasts, in the, in the Hebrew it's moed, meaning my appointments, because the children of Israel were told they have an appointment with God. You got an appointment with the doctor, you can miss that, but don't you miss any appointments with God. That's too bad if you miss the appointment with God. Which he shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts or set times. And you know the seven feasts, the major feasts that God gave them that they were to observe. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, um, Rosh Hashanah or, or Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, and then the Feast of Atonements, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. God had appointed these times for Israel to come before him. And the point of each of these feasts is they represent a future fulfillment. At set times. When Jesus began his ministry and the first miracle he was going to do, he went to a wedding and his mother said, they've, they've ran out of wine. They've ran out of stuff. And he said, have you come to, to ask me to do stuff before my, before my time? Because he knew that if he started doing miracles at a certain time, they would want to come and make him king. And there was a set time in God's plan for that to happen. There was a set time that was supposed to take place before he would reveal who he truly was. Amen. And most of us don't recognize our set time. God has a set time. I'm sure I've missed my set times many times. But it's only God's mercy and grace that he gets, gives us a, a, a do-over. Amen. God gives us a do-over many times. God gave Abraham a do-over. You understand that? Because he blew it with, with um, Hagar, but God gave him another opportunity. Amen. So the Bible tells us that we are to recognize our seasons, doesn't it? In Ecclesiastes it says, to everything there is a season. In other words, and a time to every purpose under heaven. That's what the scripture says. That's word, right? A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up. It's no good planting certain things at the wrong time of the year. If you miss the season, the thing is not going to prosper. I know that my wife one time tried to plant some tomatoes a little bit late. So they didn't grow too big. You know, if you plant stuff at the right time in the right season... Then they will blossom. At other times she's planted and had huge harvests. But the Bible tells us to recognize our season. Amen. Do you know what season you're in? Maybe some of us are in the winter season. So it's time to hunker down at that time. Don't be going out in, in, you know, with, with skimpy clothes when it's winter season. You'll catch a cold. To every time there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, 
and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, so that's an important one, and a time to speak. Do we know our season? Do we know or do we recognize when God is telling us to shut up or to speak or to fulfill our season? A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Most of us don't recognize the season. And when you try to do things out of season, it doesn't work. God has a perfect timing for your life. Do you believe he has a plan for your life? The Bible says those that are led by the Spirit, to them gave he power to become a son of God. We're on this Christian journey, but God has a perfect timing, even if we don't see it. And I'm bringing this up tonight because I want you to think about which season you're in and how the Bible gives us guidance and the Holy Spirit gives us leading on how to walk in that season. God wants us to remember that it's his timing. Everything in Scripture that God ever did was done by timing. He gives the exact time to when Israel would be released, when they were going to be rebuilding Jerusalem. He gives the timing to the Messiah being revealed. In Daniel's prophecy, he gives all these times because everything that God does is in a set time. The man by the pool had waited 38 years, but on a set day Jesus came and said, Do you want to walk? God has a set time for your miracle. That doesn't mean that uh, we can't pray now, but we shouldn't give up. We have to wait patiently upon the Lord and trust that it's going to happen. If you're a child of the King, it's going to happen. He is going to be your reward, your great reward, the Bible says. We have to remember God's timing. In Psalm 37, verse 7, it says rest. We taught about that. Rest in the Lord. And what? Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Here's the famous one, Isaiah 40 verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord, he shall, the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Daniel had been fasting 21 days and not eating, just drinking juice. But when the angel, and when the angel showed up, the Bible said he fainted. But then the angel touched him, and he received strength. You see, when we wait upon the Lord... He will touch us. He will give us supernatural strength. I mean, I think he touched me Saturday. Amen. Amen. I think he touched me Saturday. I'm feeling really good tonight. Amen. Now, physically, I probably shouldn't be, but I am. I'm feeling good tonight. God has a set time to bring forth your miracle. God has a set time for your plan. God has a set time for your deliverance. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. I'm not getting too many amens tonight. God has a, let me say it again. God has a set time 
to bring forth your deliverance. Did you know that? Amen. And sometimes we do not understand the weight. We do not understand the journey. We can't understand why we're going through what we're going through. Sometimes it's due to us. Sometimes it's God wants to get glory. Sometimes it's because we have not followed completely. But you know what God is? He's a God of the do-over. Amen. Although Abraham's son was delayed, it was not withdrawn. Amen. God did give him the, the, the seed of promise. Let's look at an example in the New Testament. And this really brings it home how we sometimes have to just be patient. John 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And here the Bible gives us a revelation because in the other chapters where this event occurred, her name or her full understanding is not given. The Bible in John here tells us, It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. In other words, they prayed. We pray. Lord, someone we love is sick. We, we need healing right now. And Jesus heard it. He got the message. Don't believe because the answer hasn't come right away that God has not heard your prayer. But when it doesn't, the answer doesn't come right away, then you have to understand and trust that there is a reason. There is a reason, right? God has a set time. God has a time of deliverance. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Sometimes God allows things into our life so that we can get stronger. How? When the deliverance does come, our faith is increased. Because now we know God can take us through some things that look so scary from the, from the, the other side of the, the valley. It looks so scary. But now we've been through those things. Our faith is increased. We have grown. We trust God a little bit deeper. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Amen. Your, 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 your trial may be for the glory of God. Well, we don't like to hear that. But Jesus said, Everyone who is going to follow me must what? Deny himself and take up his cross. What does that mean, take up? It means there is going to be a crucifixion. There has to be a death. There has to be some suffering. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Do you know, all of this happened in God's perfect timing. Because it was the miracle of Lazarus, Lazarus being resurrected that triggered the final events and the timing for Jesus to be crucified. The timing was triggered by this event. Up to this time, Jesus and the disciples were not in Judea. They were over in Galilee because the Pharisees were wanting to arrest him. They wanted to have him put to death even earlier, but they could not get him. But when Lazarus died, Jesus decided to go back into Judea. Bethany is not very far from Jerusalem. And the disciples said, but if you go down there, they're going to get you. And Jesus said, listen, you have to walk in the light. Amen. 
See, God has a perfect timing to bring forth His revelation and His truth. Now, I wanted to point this out. Jesus didn't stay away because He didn't like Lazarus. Or He didn't think much of them. Look at what John 11 verse 5 says. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, He did not come right away. I want to tell you, God loves you. Jesus loves you right now. And yet he may not have answered your prayer right away because he has a set time, a set purpose. Amen. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two more days. He stayed where he was two more days in the same place where he was. Ooh, that sounds so harsh and so mean. But your friend is sick. See, God has a purpose and a timing, and we have to trust him because we cannot see what he sees. Amen? We walk by faith and not by... Lord, I don't see... And you've heard my testimony so many times about what they did with this mortgage thing and how the longer it was, the greater the miracle. Amen? The miracle ended up being a great big miracle because God let me wait. Amen. If he had answered my prayer real early, it had been a small miracle. But by the time he answered the prayer, it was a huge miracle. In fact, it was, it was plainly miraculous because they have never done that kind of thing. He abode two more days. The fact that God doesn't answer you right away is not because he doesn't love you. John 11.5 tells us explicitly, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But he was allowing this to happen for the greater miracle. He abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that he said to his disciples, let us go. He waited until Lazarus died. Amen. Sometimes it seems beyond the pale and you've been praying and you've been praying. God does things at a set time. That's what I want you to leave this Bible study understanding. There was a set time that he should go to Jerusalem, that he should go to Bethany. And in raising Lazarus, that triggered the whole crucifixion and end, end time event because it was after Lazarus was raised from the dead that the Sanhedrin met and said, we have to do something about this man because this man, everybody knows he was dead. We can't spin this some other way. If we don't do something about this man then he's going to let the Romans take away our kingdom. It was the resurrection of Lazarus, the timing of that, that triggered Jesus being arrested and presenting himself on Palm Sunday and triggered the the, the crucifixion on Passover. God has a timing for your life. Did you know that? I'm saying that over and over again that you will get this. And when you're you're going through some stuff and it hasn't happened, you, you just tell the air, God has a timing for my life. Amen. God has a timing for my life. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. Because he knew that this was going to be the thing that triggered his arrest. But they thought he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. He said, um, John, uh, Lazarus is just sleeping. Because he knew what he was going to do. And the disciples got confused. And then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that he may believe. Nevertheless, let us go on to him. 
The reason why he's saying that is if he had just healed him of pneumonia, then it would have been, okay, well, maybe he would have gotten healed anyway. But now he was in the grave three days. And so he said, this is to the intent that when you see, in other words, see the miracle, you're going to believe. Let us go. See, any time is not God's time. Any time we think God should move, he has a perfect timing. And we should understand his timing. We should rest in his timing. Let me give you one more example. It was near the year before or the few months before Jesus was going to be crucified. And it was the Feast of Tabernacles. The last Feast of Tabernacles that Jesus would attend before the following Easter. And on Feast of Tabernacles was one of the appointments that we read in Leviticus that God had commanded that all the males should go to Jerusalem. And so his brothers said to him, Hey, you're a prophet, because they didn't believe. Why aren't you going up to Jerusalem? And these things Jesus walked, after these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry or in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. His brethren, or his brothers, therefore said unto him, Depart hence, and go to Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Verse 5 tells us something. For neither did his brethren believe in him. This is Jesus' answer. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. See, we, we, we are always ready to do whatever we want. You, you think I can go up there anytime, but there is a set time for me to go. And he wouldn't go with them because it was going to be in God's set time. The Bible tells us that God moves in time. He answers in time. He's going to deliver in time. Hallelujah. We need to come to that understanding that we can trust and rest in his perfect timing. Amen. I'll, I'll end this with what I started with. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus told his disciples that they were to wait. Amen. They were to wait. They were to tarry. He didn't tell them for how long. They had no idea. He just said, you wait in Jerusalem. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, in other words, wait ye in the city of Jerusalem until he be endued with power from on high. And of course, you know that it was on the day of Pentecost. It was 50 days roughly after Passover. And Acts 2 verse 1 starts this way. And when the day of Pentecost was what? Fully come. There is a set time for God to empower us, to endue us for a set work. And sometimes we have to wait until we get that, that unction, that Holy Spirit leading. Sometimes if we just do things of flesh and of self and, and, and God not getting the glory, we will fall flat on our face. But when we wait upon the Lord, the Bible says, He shall renew their strength. Amen. And so they waited, those who waited until the, the day of Pentecost, it says, and suddenly there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. The key was to wait. He said, wait, so we wait. How long we wait? I don't know. Right now, we know he's coming. We don't know how long. But the Bible says that we are going to tarry or wait till he comes. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit 
gave them utterance. Amen. God has a set time for your deliverance. Do you believe that? Amen. It is just a season. The good thing about seasons is they're not forever. Right? They, they, they go. Sometimes you're, you're in your season of summer and blessing. And sometimes you're on the mountaintop and it's cold and windy. And, 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 and the wind is howling. And you wonder how long you have to stay up here. But it is but a season. The Bible says that he was tempted of the devil for a season. Then afterwards, angels came and ministered or served him. We just have to wait until we get that unction from God that the timing for whatever it is we have prayed for is present and time. But there is an appointment that we can't escape. There is a a, a timing that we will not be able to miss or divert or put off. And that appointment that we cannot escape is written about in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. It says, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. See, that's an appointment that no one is going to escape. That's an appointment that is certain, that's in God's book. Someone, I forget who, sent me a breakdown of how old I was in years, days, hours, minutes, seconds. I don't know, I can't remember who it was who sent me that. Sister Joanne, okay, she sent me a text, and it, she must have calculated how old I was on my birthday in hours, minutes, seconds. And I think it was days was like, I don't know, 75,000. Um, but it brought back to me the, the message I preached, teach me to number my days. There is an appointment that none of us are going to be able to escape. You say, well, I thought if we are Christians, we, we escape it. We don't escape it, we go through it in baptism. Romans 6, for therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. We've already died. If you've been baptized, you've already, the Bible says we've passed from death unto life. So you can either die in a baptismal pool symbolically, or this body will at some point turn to dust. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. There is a timing, a set time, as the Bible said, teach me to number my days. We've all heard this story. If they knew that that was going to happen, they'd have done something else, right? If we knew uh, our, the date certain of our passing, boy, we'd live our lives so differently, wouldn't we? If we knew we had one month more to go, what would be important to you? You'd make sure you told all your loved ones that you loved them, right? You would make sure that the things that we're worrying about today probably mean nothing, right? We have to understand there is an appointment that no one is going to miss, either through the baptismal pool or through the physical death. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time, without sin, unto salvation. There is a time coming when Jesus will come again. There is an appointed time for his second coming. God has a perfect timing for everything that he does. Psalms 40 and verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Every major Bible character that you can name went through a period of waiting. Anyone can name some Bible characters who had to wait? Now, there was someone who waited longer than than Abraham. 
Anyone think of who waited longer than Abraham, 25 years? Noah. Noah preached for, the Bible says, it was over a hundred years about something he had never seen happen. The Bible said it had never rained, but a dew, a mist, watered there. He was proclaiming something was going to happen for a hundred years while he was building the ark. He was preaching for a hundred years. After a hundred years, how many people came to his church? He only managed to save his family. See, we must not give up because our words or timing doesn't suit someone else. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Israel was in Egypt for 400 years, but the Bible says the cry came up before them. Moses waited 40 years after running away before God called him back into leadership. Caleb waited 40 years when he could have crossed over Jordan the first time, he wasn't a doubter. He wasn't an unbeliever. He waited, had to wait with Israel 40 years before he got his chance to go back and claim his mountain. I'm trying to tell you that we have to wait patiently. Just because we're God's children doesn't mean everything is right away. You know you're not a baby when your mother doesn't come running to you. <laughs> you know you've got some growth, right? Now when a baby is born, every cry, what's wrong? Mother picks it up. But for that child to grow, there's going to be a time when the mother says, okay, you've fallen over. You can pick yourself up. It's okay. It's not that bad, right? Sometimes God allows us to, to start to grow before he comes. He won't let nothing really negative happen to us that is outside of his will if we trust him. The psalmist here said, I waited patiently. David had that experience. He was running from Saul for more than 10 years, having to hide and, in fact, play mad one time to escape. Living in caves. Joseph, all of these Bible characters, went through their season of waiting. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear or reverence and shall trust the Lord. Amen. If you could stand with me. See, I have a perfect time in two. Amen. Tonight, what I want you to leave here tonight understanding is that God does things in his timing, not in ours. Amen. You may be in your waiting season right now. You may have prayed for years for something to happen. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to our own understanding. Amen? David knew that. The secret of the Lord is that we wait patiently because God has a perfect timing and a reason for the things that we cannot see or even understand. And if we will do that, then verse 2 says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Amen. So tonight, don't be discouraged. God has a set time. He has an appointment. Amen. You have an appointment with him where Dr. Jesus is going to come in and start to fix some of the things in your life. If you will trust, if you will not waver, if you will not doubt. Amen. Because God has a perfect timing. Hallelujah.
Amen. We're going to close this Bible study tonight. And I want you to trust God and have that in your mind. And just tell the devil, look, my season is coming. Amen. Your season of summer will be coming. Your season of spring and deliverance will be coming. Because as God says in, through the, through the uh, um, Solomon in Ecclesiastes, there is a time and a season for everything. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Let it find good soil. Let us be in a season of worship, a season of praise, a season of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. As we understand your set times and appointments, that we walk according to your will, not our timing, Lord, but your will be done. We thank you for your goodness and your grace, your love and your mercy, and we give you all of the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God a praise offering tonight. Amen.